Hello, everyone, and welcome to Police Off the Cuff Real Crime Stories. We have an amazing show tonight. We have someone sort of outside of our usual realm of crime, blood, and guts, but she's a lot prettier than most of our guests, too. And, uh, of course, with me tonight is my co-host, straight out of Brooklyn, Phil Grimaldi. How are you doing tonight, Phil? I'm doing pretty good, Billy. How about you? I'm doing great. You know, and we have Chrissy Mayer, who is, uh, as you could, you can't see it as well, but she has red hair. Thank she's you, yeah. She's the 21st century Lucille Ball. And yeah. uh, Chrissy's a stand-up comic. She's an actress. She's a broadcaster. She And she's one of the hardest working artists that I know. She's, uh, you think that the, the, you know, bread truck is on strike because she's working so hard. <laughs> I'm getting ready. I'm getting ready in case it does. That's right. She's getting ready for the apocalypse, you know, and she's. Yeah, but- I got to hoard beans. I got to, <laughs> yeah, I got to get she- my. My my buckets of food ready for when this shit goes down. That's right. And she's got opinions that you will not believe. But before Uh-oh. we get to that, we're gonna go to the police off the cuff song and we'll be right back. It's a show with two retired detectives that were in the thick of New York crime fast and hectic. They got some stories. Hear some jokes Even an interview With the most popular folks Off the cuff Off the cuff One episode Just saying enough Get a little laughter And an interview too It's maybe the best thing You can do Welcome back, folks. And tonight, our special guest is Chrissy Mayer, who I said before is a broadcaster, stand-up comic. She actually used to be a swimmer, too, back in her college days. Diver, yeah. A diver. Oh, my God. She she can do it all. She's an athlete. So, you know, Chrissy, one of the things that people, and I I also want to mention, Chrissy has a podcast, and she's got 50,000 subscribers. And she's, she's- yeah, Ooh, you do. You yeah, do. YouTube. Right, right. Yeah, you're kicking ass. And you know something that that's no small thing because I talked to you know, Tomas Delgado, who's another comic, and he does the tours of New York. And he tells me many comics try to do podcasts and many of them fail. Because I, you know, we're struggling. We're around 24, between 24 and 25. And I'm always whining about it. He goes, Hey, Bill, don't whine. He goes, You're doing good. You know, so many guys can't get anyone. And I'm like, Yeah, I guess you're right, you know. Chrissy, you're at 50,000. I think a big part of it is consistency. And a lot of comics are not very disciplined. I think particularly the ones who have never worked in like the regular nine to five working world. Like if they've never had a regular job, it's, and I think a lot of comics like they, it's so easy for them to just not be accountable to anybody. Um, And it's a lot of work, as you know, you know, you do your show. And it's a lot to coordinate and you have to, you have to all this stuff. No one really teaches you about sound and lighting. It's all stuff that you kind of have to like do trial and error and, and like do your own research. And Chrissy, just your, uh, just you write the, well, the research on knowing what you're talking about. Cause if you go on the air and you have no clue about the person who you're interviewing, you look like a fool. 
True, true. Or you just like, you know, it, when that happens, you just have to nod and be like, wow, that's so interesting. Can you just tell me more <laughs> about and then like just say literally anything and then hopefully an hour goes by. <laughs> you know, Chrissy, I'm just going to let our fans know that you do do a show called The Wet Spot and you sort of uh you, do, interview a lot a lot, of you interview people, a lot of porn stars of people get nervous when they hear the title of that show yes it is one of my many shows it's a sex dating relationship advice show uh seven o'clock on mondays on compound media i have had this show since the summer of 2019 this actually was like my, my first podcast really and uh we you know, I try to make it like old school Howard Stern before he sold out. So we have comics on, we have adult film stars on, like random chicks on OnlyFans, like whoever. You know what I mean? Like the the creep who lingers outside the studio, I'll invite him up. Like really, it's a real <laughs> hodgepodge of people. And we usually just drink at Sullivan's uh, at the bar across the street, you know, like before and after the show. And it's fun. And we just got a motor bunny sent to the studio, which is basically like a vibrating saddle with a remote control. So we've been having fun uh, <laughs> with that. You know, Chrissy, I was actually on that show with five female uh, porn stars. And I, I are, you sure still, are you still I'm sore? Pretty, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure they knew that I wasn't a porn star, you know? <laughs> hey, you never know. They come in all shapes and sizes. Who knows? You could have been a stunt dick, as they say. Yeah. Which, is when you're, which is when you're off camera and it's just you just see it like coming in off the side, you know, like. <laughs> I, I know that Phil and I could never get away with doing a uh, show and interviewing porn stars. I don't think we could get away with that. You could. Just, oh, why just not? Wear them. All you need is a media pass and just wear it all the time, and people think you're legitimate. <laughs> Phil, what do you think? You think you could get away with that? Oh, I think we could have a lot of fun with something like that. I don't know how much the audience would like it, but I think we could pull that <laughs> off for sure. I mean, listen, let's face it. We, uh, you know, being in the police business, we're no stranger to uh, talking about uh, dirty, dirty stuff and dirty women of the night. And... You've dealt with women of the night. Oh yeah, before. lots yeah, of, of times. course. Prostitutes, hookers, drug addicts—you name it—we've dealt with it. So uh, yeah, I think we could have a lot of fun with that. That might be something we should consider in the future, Bill. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we'll go on Chrissy's show and do it. Definitely. Yeah. Whenever we you could, guys want. Yeah, we could do that. Sounds like you know, Chrissy. I just want to mention also to our fans. Most people they think of. Uh, stand-up comics and uh you know people that are in broadcasting that they're mo mostly of like the left-wing liberal persuasion but you happen not to be and that can cause you some problems in the comedic world and you know in this cancel culture world and you know we're going to get to it we're going to talk about the joe rogan thing but you've had your own problems with that haven't you for sure. And I and I actually started out as a total left winger. I graduated college. I was uh, I was like a women's studies minor, even in <laughs> the communication. <laughs> I was like, you know what I need to study is women doing shit. And I just it was around oh, it was all my friends at the time. I was in the Students for Social Justice Club in college. Like I was driving down to do protests with them in vans. So I was like all in. I graduated fully hating men. Like I had <laughs> what I thought everything it took to become like a really successful female comic. I was like, I hated men. I had a chip on my shoulder, daddy issues. I like, I should have made it big. Um, what school did you go to Chrissy? Fairfield in Connecticut. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And it was good. Like the, you know, the whole idea of, uh, well, when I got attracted to comedy was I had an internship at late night with Conan when he was still in the city. So I would commute into New York from Connecticut. Um, 
my senior year of college and got like college credit. So I was able to figure out how to do that, which was helpful because the internships during the summer are, were almost impossible to get at the time because that's when ev all the executives and everyone who works, there, that's when their kids want to do the internships. And it's like they get in no problem. But during the school year, they're limited to, you know, whoever's kind of like goes to school nearby. So that's when I kind of first was like, oh, I, I really want to be around comedians. Like that's when I made the switch from wanting to be a news reporter when I grow up to like being involved with comedy somehow. And then ended up going into improv for like five years and then did a one woman show and then started doing stand up. But I was like fully still very liberal, very like very much a lefty, but absolutely like classically liberal. Probably still in some ways I, I would still consider myself classically liberal, but it wasn't until like my sense of humor was always kind of like politically incorrect. I would always like, no matter who my friends were, make like kind of like racist, misogynist, like whatever politically incorrect jokes. Like that's just what comedians do. And for six years, I was hosting a show at the Stonewall Inn. And, you know, if you put all of that together, like a, a you know, a girl in her 20s doing stand up in New York City, you know, kind of lefty minded at, at a gay club, you know what I mean? Like that's a certain type of, of, of personality right there. And I noticed when I went from hosting a show at the Stonewall Inn to having my own podcast on compound media, even though you look at the wet spot, I just described it. You'd hear that. You'd be like, Oh, that's, you could, you know, some people would consider that. Oh, it's sex positive. We welcome all sexualities. We do all this crazy shit, right? I can brand it in kind of like a woke way. I can say, Oh, look at that. All types of people are welcome. Of course. But the fact that I went from Stonewall to Compound Media changed very much the my sort of like public per, the perception of me from other comedians because Compound Media is considered all oh, this like super right wing network and Anthony Cumia is a Republican or whatever people think of him. People think he's, you know, very ultra right or whatever. So, of course, anyone associated has to have the exact same views. And there was a little bit of like bad press because like. Gavin McGinnis used to have a show on there and people are very confused about about Gavin McGinnis because they're like, oh, that's the guy who started the Proud Boys. But then they don't know the rest of the story is like the Proud Boys were started as a joke. And then they eventually would escort speakers like Ann Coulter and Ben Shapiro to like, you know, CPAC or whatever university they were speaking at. So they wouldn't like get attacked so they could like physically get to their their gigs and then they sort of over time became the the answer to Antifa and like you know would get into fights and stuff mostly out of like self-defense but obviously the media like really twisted their reputation so there were all these kind of factors that were adding up to be like oh compound media is like you know you're the enemy or something but like I hadn't changed my sense of humor hadn't changed like I still loved the gays still do like it sounds horrible <laughs> that I even have to say that but the fact that I went from hosting a monthly show at a, at a famous gay bar to doing a, um, a weekly podcast at compound media changed uh, what a lot of comics thought of me and the kind of in crowd in comedy. And you know, this bill is like very left leaning, very, yeah. wo very woke. Um, well, you know, very, Chrissy, I want to say, yeah. you know, and, and I haven't done comedy since the summer and you know, the whole COVID thing, you know, made us not be able to perform a lot unless we did it on zoom online and stuff. But I, one of the things that sort of really hurt me during this whole anti-police thing over the last, the you know, the war on right. cops was so many comics that I knew really MF to the police. 
Wow. And, and they don't even know what, what the fuck they're talking about. Right, exactly. They're Most of them are living in their parents' basements <laughs> and, and they're making minimum wage at a, at a Starbucks. And I really felt like I want, I said, I can't wait to come back so I can grab that little, that little 23 year old asshole and slap him, you know, because yeah. they have no, they have yeah. no point. No, but I mean, they have no they point have no of reference. Perception. They have no, yeah, they don't, but they were all, oh, F the police, F they're this, F all that. Being told their their opinions are all like pre chewed, pre digested. They just like, it's very hard for most people to like think for themselves. And, you know, more, more people are kind of more like pack animals, I guess, than, than others. And you would think with stand up comics, like you're pursuing something that not a lot of people are doing, you have to be a little bit like, crazy and outside the box to pursue stand-up you would think that would mean like oh we're all free thinkers we're all like fight the power and now it's kind of like uh the, the, the corporations and like woke comedians are they're they've joined the power they're it's, echoing it's all disgusting. the same talking points and how about the guy that got kicked off the stage at columbia university who's that uh there was a comic that. he was like he was asian or, or indian okay and he was doing they said, "Don't do this joke." Don't. He did the joke, and he turned oh, his mic off. Man. And oh, then was that they went up. Patel? Yes, yeah. yeah and then they the went up to him and said, "Look, uh, you can, you don't have to finish your set. We'll pay you, but just leave." Damn. I mean, that's so pathetic. That sucks for them. And I'm actually really glad he still did the joke because fuck them. That's really yeah, wild. Really. You, yeah. you know, I think think about how like when this whole uh, defund the police thing started. Now, if you're a young person in your 20s, whether you're a comedian, college student, defund the police. It's like get rid of the police. You know, get rid of the cops. They're the ones that are always breaking my chops every time I got a joint in my mouth or if I'm going to do this or that. So it sounded interesting. It sounded, you know, maybe like something that they would want. But in reality. You can't defund the police, even bad guys, criminals in the street were saying, what are you crazy? You got to have cops. You got to have, you know, if a burglar breaks into your house in the middle of the night, you want somebody to show up. So when they, when they, you know, I don't think the young people really grasped it, thought about it. It was this whole movement that was going on after George Floyd, the riots and everything. Yeah. They're brainwashed. They're brainwashed. They jumped right in. They jumped right in. The cops are just indiscriminately shooting black people. They were actually, the media was actually able to convince many, many people that that is what you guys do. And then God forbid, forbid you bring in real statistics of who does, you know, who does the crime. Nobody Nothing could be further that. from the truth on that. And and they proved it by showing the statistics. But yeah, uh, but nobody it didn't wants the, the horse was out of the barn. Everybody was already on board the train to defund the police. It really didn't matter at that point. Yeah. Know? The media does such a good job of like taking control of like the, the collective feelings. And now feelings yeah. have become more important than like facts than thinking for yourself than actually talking to actual cops and detectives and like seeing what it's really like out there. Um, yeah, the media really did a number on people. And for me, my moment of, of of like, what the fuck is all this George Floyd stuff was Black Square Day on Instagram. I don't know if you guys were aware of this or you, you're probably like fucking just grown men living your lives. And this probably eluded you. But like there was this day during the summer, like everyone had to post a black square in support of Black Lives Matter or George Floyd or whatever it was. And I was like, I didn't do it. I was like, I don't. I feel like I'm being bullied to post a dumb fucking black square just to prove to <laughs> Instagram that I'm not racist. This is the dumbest thing ever. And I didn't do it. And like, that was a real, it was like a moment for me. I was like, Oh man. Like I just started to like, uh, like zoom out and, and, and look at everything that was going on. You know, Chrissy, well, we're, we're going to segue into oh, Lord. These, <laughs> these two, these two hippies. That's uh, Joni Mitchell on the screen and Neil Young. 
keep on rocking in the free world, except Damn. if I disagree with you, then I'm going to cancel you. You know, and here he is. These are the people that in the 60s were the biggest shit stirrers, the biggest like proponents of free speech. And then we're going to move right into this. They're trying to shut down what Joe happened Rogan. To them? What happened? When did they get this? I don't know. Maybe they smoked too much weed, but they're, they're like, now they want to shut down free speech. And look, Spotify and Joe Rogan, Spotify would not give a shit about Joe Rogan's free speech, except that they're paying him $200 million. Mm-hmm. So if, yeah. if they didn't have that amount of money invested in him, they'd be like, we agree. We better shut him off. You know, Spotify is very much more, way more concerned and their investments point to that. They are their future. They very much want to be like the top of the podcast game. You can look at like their la- their investments over the years and picking up certain like, you know, like absorbing sort of other podcast companies. You can tell that. And there's more money to be made in podcasts and the data that you get from podcast listeners is more valuable than the data that you get from who listens to what music. And like every time you play a song, you have to pay out royalties where it's like podcasts, you pay more upfront, but you have the potential to earn more over time. And like Rogan is making three hours of brand new content every day or like at least five times a week or whatever. What musician is doing that? And you can tell a lot more. Like, let's say if, uh, people listen to the Robert Malone episode of Joe Rogan. Well, then they know they ha- know a heck of a lot more about demographics from someone who listens to that episode than if someone listens. Chrissy, to just let our audience let our audience know who Robert Malone is. He's an MD. He, he's an expert on the virus. Yes, he is one of the the guys who helped to invent the mRNA vaccine or the mRNA injections that they're that they're using now, and he has been so heavily censored and basically canceled by the science community for having a different message than the, the narrative that they're intent on pushing. And, and, and it's like, he's one of them. Um, Dr. Judy Mikovits, Dr. Sherry Tenpenny. They're all part of this group of like scientists and doctors who have been like heavily censored, pushed out, canceled, had their social media platforms deleted because they have different opinions on, on how to handle a pandemic and, uh, what vaccines maybe are or aren't, and uh, well, remember when Lin- remember when Lyndon Skinner said, uh, "I hope Neil Young will remember Southern Man don't hit him around anymore," because <laughs> he wrote that song cool. Southern Man. Remember that? Maybe I love just- and, you know, some, I love Neil Young's music, but I don't like his opinions. I don't like people when they push their I bullshit. Think these, you know, uh, these like these like boomer musicians they they get a taste of like all the success and they get all this money. Front, and then they they just kind of fall in line and behave and they're and they'd rather choose comfort over than like freedom and art and the message you know they're like they want to keep their cozy lifestyles going so why would they risk losing that income but why is uh why does social media afraid of someone having a conversation on a show and they immediately attacking what he says as as not being true and I know the Washington Post came out against that Dr. Malone. And I read some of the, I didn't read the whole article. I read some of the article. They were trying to refute what some of the scientific things he said. And they really didn't. No. They really didn't. They just had different opinions about it, you know? Very much about control. Like, just a small example. And, like, we've all been talking about this stuff the last two years. Like, overall, it's good to, like, make sure you're getting vitamin D, vitamin C, take your echinacea, make sure you're exercising, right? Like, everyone generally knows that that's that's always been good advice. But that's been particularly good advice in the last 
two years, you know, and if you have extra weight, you just now's as good a time as any to try and lose it. Now they're trying to take what is like known as common sense and be like, well, we're not necessarily like going to support weight loss. Like, I don't, I don't know if it was even Jen Psaki who, who a reporter straight up asked her, like, are you going to support weight loss as like a good preventative measure? And she just wouldn't. She refused to. And that's not Jen Psaki right there. That's me. <laughs> who, is, who is that redhead on, on the screen? <laughs> that was me. That was pre-pandemic, Chrissy. Look at that. Woo. Um, the point was, the point is, is that, you know, the power. Oh, Chrissy, I have to show this one. This must have been. Oh, yeah. That's uh, that must have been on the wet spot show. That was like, <laughs> I need to get I'm getting actually new headshots taken tomorrow because I'm like, it's been a couple of years. Uh, that is what I was like, oh, my jacket doesn't fit. Let's just roll with it. So <laughs> the point is, is that like the powers that be don't want to accept certain like common sense approaches to health. I think the powers that be like like we all know our news is so heavily funded by big pharma and they would like, and of course the government wants to be our daddy, right? They don't want anybody to think for ourselves. They don't want families to rely on each other. They don't want communities to rely on each other. They want you to depend on the government for everything. And the same, I think applies to like big pharma. They don't want you finding your own, uh, like they don't want you to have your own medical freedom. They don't want you to like look into different forms of care. They certainly don't want you to heal yourself. So rather like they'd rather they censor. Want they want you. Yeah. Dependent. They want You're you right. to take a pill for everything instead Absolutely. of like, yeah, just lose the last 20 pounds. Big fucking deal. Everything's every, your clothes will look better. You'll be, everything will be better. Jen Saki wouldn't even commit to saying, you know, if you lose weight, you're going to be right. in a better, uh, right. you'll be in a better position if you do, uh, God Crazy. forbid that get the, uh, the virus. And the reason she, I think that she took that position is that there are afraid to say something that might go counter to what Dr. Fauci is saying. Do Dr. Fauci has been proven to be wrong many, many yeah. times. So I think they're trying to stay in that lane. Anything that he says, anything that could be counter to what he's saying, oh no, they're going to stay far away from that, you know? And, and they're so safe that they actually sound insane. Like they refute common sense. That's how safe they're being and how they don't want to step on them, but anybody's toes because they know who pays their salaries. Look, look what they did with hydroxychloroquine. The minute that Trump said that, it, you know, it was thought to be something that would treat the virus, they just poo-pooed it. And I know a family member that had very early on was to the hospital two times, this close to going on a respirator, was given the hydroxychloroquine, within hours stopped coughing, and within two days, the fever went down to Amazing. normal. So I know, and now th there's also another component of that. Hydroxychloroquine is 60 cents a pill. You need two doses for Been five, around forever. For five days. Yeah. So it's a $6 prescription as opposed to these other drugs that are $60. So mm -hmm. that might have been part of it, a financial component of it. But the minute that Trump said it, they, they were, the media was just so anti Trump. Anything he said, anything he did, that they just poo pooed it. And yeah, I don't they know, called it, they called it fish tank cleaner yeah, right away. Yeah, listen, I'm not, I'm not a, a doctor. I'm not a scientist. I don't know if it does work or it doesn't work. I know of a relative that took it and it seems to have worked. So, but why would we so quickly go away from that and say, and, and Fauci came out right away and said, Oh, there's no, no proof that it works. And blah, blah, blah. they, they, but meanwhile, they came from studies with, I think it was in Israel or other countries where it showed, promise in certain early on if you were severely ill with it it didn't seem to help but you know there's just so many things that they <laughs> uh the media really wanted to take control of and i don't know 
you know, uh, who behind the media is, you know, you, you could go into the, to the, to the big names in media and say that they're responsible working with the democratic party, but who knows, you know, it just, it seems like they, they just don't want to admit defeat, so to speak, or they don't want to admit that they were wrong. And they want to keep and, doubling down. Yeah. They'll never admit to being wrong. Yeah. Well, Chrissy, did you watch the episode where Joe Rogan interviewed Dr. Sanjay Gupta? Yes, and, and he called him out. Yeah. You're like, you yeah. said that I had a horse pace. Like, right. I was taking ivermectin, and he said great. that worked for me. And he goes, it's not a horse tranquilizer. I was given it by an, a doctor, by an MD, right. and it works. Oh, yeah. And CNN great. lied and said it was this and said it was that. that and he goes, awesome. what do you say about that? He, Of course, he didn't want to go against and you know what it network. is? It's like the, the powers that be, they always like, they'll never, and they, they, he had him by the balls in that episode. There's no way Gupta could get out from, from under that. Cause, cause he was right. They, he called him out on it. He, they totally lied about him. And what do they do? They hire some goons to like, you know, pull up that N word reel. And then, and then that's the news about Joe Rogan. And it buries this other shit that he was like, right about like calling out CNN about, you know, about lying about him but what comes up more recently in the news is that whole like n-word video scandal and that's what that's what these people do that's what celebrities do they'll never refute um you know the news they'll just make more news to go on top of it i wonder if no, gave you the, I gave you the whole screen and I felt that you were going to come up good. with some yeah, really you know what? good I'm stuff like, and then I, you just stopped I talking figure you're just like take it away <laughs> I was you giving know, you the show. Well, I didn't know if I, I you guys know. felt like fell out of the stream, which happens with me a lot. Like I just uh, get kicked out. I could no, see I, it in her face <laughs> that she was thinking that she was almost about to stop talking, but that happens a lot with the guests unexpectedly. But I got to point out something about this cancel culture. Cause it seems like, they, you know, when they get on uh, a specific individual that, you know, Joe Rogan doesn't seem to <laughs> be great graphics, Phil. <laughs> I have to be ready for all of this stuff, you know? <laughs> well, like if, if, if Phil talks about a veal cutlet parmesan hero, uh, I, I don't have a picture of one here. I should have. Well, I don't well, know. Well, you should. One of my favorite things you're supposed to have that. <laughs> but the, no, the point I was trying to make is, is that Joe Rogan is considered a libertarian leaning in his politics. Uh, you know, he supports same-sex marriage, gay rights, women's rights, uh, recreational drug use, universal health care, universal basic income. And uh, but he also supports the Second Amendment and gun rights. And, you know, for, for them to go after a guy that doesn't seem to be so far to the right means like they, they, they will hold nobody sacred. If they have an agenda, somebody says one little thing out of line that they don't agree with. Boom, you're canceled. And I don't agree with the cancel culture whole. The whole thing really is not. You know, I, I don't agree with it. Uh, we had recently two cops killed in New York City. And then a day after the, the first funeral, there was a woman that went on, I think it was on Twitter or Instagram, talking about how, oh, just did this cop died. And, you know, but she wound up losing a job over it. Now, wow. I don't think she should have lost a job. I, I think what she was, was an asshole. Was I think in- she was wrong. I think she was a, a moron. She was stupid for what she did. But that really shouldn't affect what she does for an everyday living. You know, she has to support children or family or just she a cop as well. No, she worked for some production company. Or something. Yeah, she, okay. was some, she was in the she's complaining about the crowds in the city. It shut the whole city down for this pork, this cop oh, that was killed. And she said God. he probably didn't do his job. Well, yeah, wow. she said, that's she said never that, gonna fly. 
Yeah, he no. was probably killed for being guilty of doing something wrong. She made some really stupid, and it was about traffic or not being able to cross the street that she needed to get across or whatever. My she was inconvenienced and she was sounding off. And she sounded like an asshole, like, which she yeah. was. But the thing is now, I know coming from me, uh, you know, uh, retired NYPD detective doesn't sound right, but I don't believe that she should lose her job over that. You know, maybe a slap upside the head, but, uh, you know, not not to, to lose a job. And that goes yeah. across the board. So if we're not going to say... We don't believe in the cancel culture. It has to apply to everyone. And the same thing with freedom of speech. You want to have freedom of speech for some things, but not for others. And it's really, really uh, unfair. And it seems like the liberals of yesterday were the ones that were the loudest voices speaking for freedom of speech and uh, would be against cancel culture 20 years ago. But today they're the ones that are most silent when it comes to this cancel culture nonsense. I mean, just think about it. The president of the United States, Donald Trump, was taking or taken off Twitter and Facebook and will never be able to get back on those platforms. That's really, really, I mean, did he say things that were so bad that he should be taken no. off forever? That's really not in, in the realm of, of what they're, they're even, you know, pretending to be because that's what they're doing. They're pretending to be, Oh, this high and mighty. Oh, we're going to cancel course of this or that. They're full of shit. It's not about that. It's about, they just want to have a, a left-leaning agenda and he was part of the right. So they just, you know, they took him off the platform. He, Trump really did a good job of popping the bubble on, on fake news. Like oh, he, just, yes. he said oh, it over yeah. and over. He woke up so many people truly. And they were just like, wow, this guy's too powerful. He's got too much influence. He's getting way too many people to look skeptically on, on the corporations and news and uh, basically like, you know, the rhinos and uh, like the establishment politicians and like they're never gonna be able to undo that. And they're like, we can't control this guy at all. We're just going to kick him off. You know, Chrissy, even the, even the, the, the uh, liberal Bible, the New York times, they talk, they, they lie all the time. I mean, they, one of the biggest issues right now confronting the crime problem in the city is this bail reform thing. And I've read numerous times writers say, there's no evidence that bail reform and the rise in crime have any correlation. Oh. Meanwhile, the NYPD comes out every day with statistical analysis on that exact topic saying bail reforms killing this city. And the times is like, there's no, there's no evidence that, you know, what are you waiting for? You know, they, they're going to wait for the study that comes out 10 years from now. You know, that's what they're waiting for. But yeah. the, the crime is through the roof. Every category of violent crime is up anywhere from 60, 70 or 80%. So, I mean, you don't need that much, you know, to figure out that this has really got a direct result. And, you know, all the other policies that the Blosio, uh, the former mayor of New York City, uh, enacted that destroyed, just really destroyed New York City. I mean, we have hope for this new mayor, uh, Eric Adams, who's a former police officer. And we're just, you know, hoping that he doesn't have the, uh, you know, the, the Democrats pulling his strings too much to stop him from, you know, maybe turning around the city. We we really want the city to turn around again. It's, it's ridiculous that you can't get onto a subway without, uh, you know, interrupting some uh, two homeless people having sex or, or, or Shooting up, yeah. yeah, yeah shooting right. up. Crackheads and, and in uh, fact, they crack. get their their uh, crack pipes from the Democratic Party. They just issued free crack pipes. <laughs> it's, it's unbelievable. You can't make this shit up. Crack you know, pipes, folks, giving out works. If you want to uh, go on, see, this is Chrissy's website, www.chrissymayer.com. On February 26th, Chrissy is at Levittown Governor's Comedy Club oh, yeah. with Saturday. the uh, comedians of the compound. Mm -hmm. On March 17th, she's in Raleigh, North Carolina, at the Good Nights Comedy Club. 
on March 19th, she's in Savannah, Savannah, Georgia at the Wormhole. I don't know if I'd want to go to that club, but that's the club she's at. And on 422, April 22nd, April 23rd, she's in Atlantic City, uh, Atlantic City Comedy Club, with also with the comedians of the compound. Folks, this also, is I'll be in Tampa on March 20th at That's side, right. I missed that one. Splitters. Side splitters. It's okay. It's okay. Uh, side splitters at the Grove uh, the very next day on March 20th. So come on out. We'd love to see you guys if you live in any of those areas. You know, that's good because a lot of people will be going down to Florida in the next few months and just go on Chrissy's website and copy down her date. She's going to be down in the South. Folks, this is Police Off the Cuff Real Crime Stories. If you're not subscribed to our channel, I think you're crazy, but go on our YouTube, hit that subscribe button, give us a thumbs up, ring that bell. We have a Patreon with three different levels if you'd like to support us. We also have a YouTube membership that with five different levels, and you can see the folks in the font with the green font uh, a part a part of our YouTube family. Hey, hold that mug up closer. Let's see what what, what this mug is all about. Oh, here's another one of police off the cuff. Cups. Dipped in butter. What? We won't go into that because that got us in trouble once. Is so that about just... your balls? <laughs> yes, yes. That's right. That's she right. Knows about that. I didn't want to say it out well, loud I mean, again. I just, but... You know, I'm just putting two and two together. What else could you dip in butter? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> you know, there's a little story behind that. We we used to say that if a guy had like a uh, a career that, you know, he didn't do a lot and everybody was helping him that his you know what was dipped in butter but that's what oh okay from. yeah yeah so he had a special he had a special dipped in butter thing you know so let's get let's get a little bit more into the joe rogan thing i think another thing about joe rogan is that he intimidates the mainstream media because he's killing them in ratings just destroying them and i've even heard that that fat Guy with the big head on CNN, Brian, Brian Seltzer. Brian Seltzer, yeah, him like complaining, like, "Oh, a, a podcaster, like, oh, he can't know what he's talking about because he's a podcaster. He's killing you, destroying your ratings. He's also in ten times better physical shape than you. Maybe if you had, you had guns like he's this like guy. Real, also, he's like, a, I mean, not like Joe Rogan is like the most attractive man on the planet. And like Seltzer and him are both bald guys." But like Joe Rogan is like he he doesn't really have an agenda. And and I think it was Dave Smith who did an episode of Rogan who recently who said, look, like you're just not lying to people. And that's enough at this point. You know, that's enough to get you canceled. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. He just don't lie. And it's like he people do not trust legacy media anymore. It's done. So and people are getting their news more from podcasts and, you know, content creator types. It's crazy. You know, the, the bottom line is, is that this whole, uh, the COVID-19 pandemic, it's uncharted territory. Nobody really knew. And instead of being able to say, all right, we're going to try this. Maybe it didn't work. We're going to try that. No, they couldn't. They could never admit, uh, you know, that that's what I think brought down Cuomo. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Andrew Cuomo, had he turned around and said, listen, we thought we were making the right move by putting the people back in the nursing homes. It was a horrible mistake. People died. If he would have took a little bit of responsibility, he'd probably still be governor. He may have outlived yeah. that, uh, that that's sexy. So I, I don't, yeah, I don't think so. Let him keep grabbing asses. If yeah, exactly. Come out. It may, it may, he thought he was grabbing the dough coming out of the pizza oven, and he wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there were old allegations, and maybe it never would have came out had this other stuff with with the nursing home scandal and, you know, hiding uh, half the numbers of, of the people that died in nursing homes. Oh, that you was know, Maybe bad. that's what made people come forward. So, you know, really again, lied. 
It's yeah. uncharted territories. And I'm going to bring up Fauci again, another one. He could just say, listen, we're not sure. We think the masks work, but they're not working. You know, instead, they just insist on things. They change. They go back and forth. And what it does is it shows their credibility to be down and, and people don't trust. And they're not going to listen to somebody like that when they lie. You can yep. see when someone's lying to your face. So if you're lied to, why would you listen to the person going forward? You know, so that's the big so many options. Yeah. Big crowd credibility problem. With you know, Chrissy, I don't know if you go, if you go to the gym and all, but I go to the gym. Oh, yeah, and there's, I go. there's still people spraying the shit out of things. And oh, you're like, so they told us a year ago that it, yeah. you can't get it from a surface. It's airborne. So More stop genius. spraying this shit all over the place. How, how about the lady walking the dog yesterday in the park? I saw a lady with a, this double mask, two masks on. She's out in the park. Oh, nobody near her. And she's wearing two masks. So there, there are get people with, from her dog. So yeah, she might. She yeah. might. People are taking it to the max, you know. You, you know, Chrissy, I had a question for you. You started talking about how when you came out of college that you were a lefty. What was the point in your life that, you know, that you started to see the light that I call myself a common sense conservative. And mm -hmm. I think that's really got a lot to do with it. But was there a point? What made you, you know, start to look at the other side? It was honestly like hanging around a lot of guys like a lot of my friends are male comics a big part of it was my boyfriend who was already like firmly a libertarian and um listening to people like you know ben shapiro steven crowder uh for me a big part of it was like reading jordan peterson which like he's not particularly political but he he's he's a He's a big proponent of taking responsibility for your own life. Another big piece of this was there was another uh, female stand-up comic girl who basically like tried to cancel me because I did an impression of her and like spun this whole narrative that like, you know, she, she came onto compound media. She ended up walking off a show, uh, not my show, somebody else's show, because there was a discussion about um, cultural appropriation of, of Halloween costumes, like something truly inane, like, and the fans were like, Oh, Hey, if she's a comedian, she should be able to stay and like a defender point or B be funny about it. She didn't either. She just walked off. And then I think that same week I walked in, did an impression of her, like put a dark wig on. Um, and she was like, Oh my God, you're, you're encouraging people to threaten me. You're encouraging, you know, like she claimed that she had these rape threats and like, it was basically like a little bit of a cancellation, like coming from within what I thought was fellow female comedy community. And I realized like, oh, wow, like there's no loyalty anywhere here. The second somebody thinks they have something to gain from putting you down, they'll do it. Chrissy, and the comedy community is so, I mean, first uh, of all, they're ridiculous. You know, yeah. I, I remember one time I was talking about some to the young comics. I was saying, you guys are all, you're all fucking socialists. You're ridiculous. Yeah, you were did. taught, nah. you were taught by your college by these left-wing professors and this kid, one kid goes, we should get comprehensive health care. I said, dude, you need a comprehensive job before you start talking about comprehensive anything. Well, how old are you? You're 18 years old. Shut up. You've been already taught to go, to go on the dole and you haven't even worked yet, you know? And that's the thing. It's like the media did, did, does a really good job of, uh, they just want their vote, right? They don't, they're not there to teach people the reality of socialism and of communism um and these people are so young they haven't met anybody who's lived in any of these countries where it's like ruined their lives and uh they just <laughs> they see oh i'm gonna get shit for free and i don't have to work as hard and then you 
you know, you get all this attention from claiming your victim status because of like your sexuality or your ethnicity or whatever. You know, yeah, and, all, yeah, and Chrissy, yeah. all these young comics wanted us to pay for their college loans. I go, I paid for my college loans. I'm not paying for like, yours yeah, too, you know? Yeah. Wait for your grandmother to die. You know, uh, <laughs> you'll pay <laughs> off the rest of it then. Relax, you know, like you're going to be all right. And, and it, you know, part of that though is, you know, folks like my age and younger, like not wanting to admit part of, I think why a lot of people are like, Oh, I need to get my college for free. is like, they're not willing to admit that it was a bad investment, that it was four years. And, you know, sometimes people spend over a hundred K on getting these degrees that do not prepare them for the real world or employment, or they're not able to get jobs. And they're certainly not able to make back like what they spent on their degrees. So I think that's what's part of this allure of like, Oh, free college. Cause it's like, it's not, it's truly not paying off anymore. You know, there was a comic that used to do a whole bit. He goes, I'm working as I forget. He had some menial bullshit job. And he goes, and I owe $150,000 for uh, my college. And, and he man. went to, a, he went to a SUNY. I go, how did you possibly borrow $150,000 going to a SUNY? You must have been drinking and smoking weed every single night. Are you or kidding he, me? You know, or he changed majors and it took him six years or he got a master's degree. Like that can all rack it up the price. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. You know, unless you're going into a specialty field, it doesn't seem like the right position to take is, you know, going into four years of debt because that's what it really is. You wind up with a lot of debt. And like you said, they're not preparing you for the real world. The real world right now is, you know, people with hands-on skills. And, you know, if you're going to go into the, uh, into, into the social media business and you're going to go into the computer business, I get it. You know, there might be some skills you have to learn there, but I don't think you need a four-year degree to be able to sit at a keyboard and, and you know, do stuff on the internet or, or in social God, media. No. Yeah, like I, I'm embarrassed. It's like my, my parents pushed me to get this degree in communications. What? So I could answer phones so I could be a receptionist in New York City working for assholes for 10 years? Like, I don't know. I just think like you should take a long, hard look at what your skills are, what you really want to do. Except, um, you know, Chrissy, everyone says be a plumber. And that's a nasty, nasty yeah. job. Nice. They make a lot of money, but it's a nasty job. I would Tra never want to be a plumber. <laughs> trades are really, really in, in demand right now. Like electricians, plumbers, obviously, like you said, and anything in the construction industry, there's just not a lot of people that are, are able to do those jobs. And plumbers, they get sick money. They did like 500 an hour or something like that. Yeah. Almost as much as surgeons, you know? So, uh, <laughs> and I don't think colleges are teaching too much about plumbing or electrical, you know, those trade schools. But uh, I guess, you know, uh, one of the other things I saw on TV, welders, there's a tremendous demand for welders. And I know it's not mm -hmm. a pretty job, but uh, they're making buku bucks. I heard stand-up comics are making big coins. <laughs> right. yeah, if, if, you, if you bring 400 people to your show, you're going to get, you're going to make about a hundred for the night. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. That, that, that's a, uh, that's a struggle I'm sure. And, and, and you and Bill can also uh, speak about that. I'm sure that, uh, well, Chris, Chrissy's, but Chrissy's on the way to making it. I'm, I'm still, Aww. no, I mean, I, you know, I sort of segued out of it. I'm not saying I'll never get back on stage, but this, the, the podcast takes a lot of time, takes a lot of planning. Oh, and I felt that I could give more to this if I didn't, you know, the, Look, I enjoy performing, but I hated the hustle of comedy. 
You know what I mean? I'm not 22 years old. I'm running around. Yeah. Like going to Mike's and then kissing Mm -hmm. people's asses to get on a show. The comedy clicks, they take over whole clubs and they just book their friends. It's, it's sickening, you know? So I was like, you know something, let me try something different. Uh, You know, and again, I'm not saying I'll never get back on stage. It's just that I didn't enjoy the hustle. And, you know, maybe if I had started out when I was 22 years old and not 57, maybe, (laughs) maybe I would have, uh, I'm not saying I'm 57 now. No, of course not. I'm older than that now, but I started when I was 57. That was a little bit late to start, you know, I think. Yeah. I think if you told me, yeah, it's going to be 10 years and you're going to make this much money, I think I'd have been like, yeah, maybe not. (laughs) Maybe I won't try this. You're making a good point because Bill and I met on the set of a show called The Perfect Murder back in 2016. Uh, A friend of ours who's the executive producer of the show uh, asked us to come on and, and play detectives. And I had never did it. Bill had did it a couple of times. But uh, again, I was, you know, sort of tinkering with possibly maybe doing some acting and stuff. And then I did some other things and I saw how, you know, people that don't have a sad card are treated. And, you know, mm-hmm. I had this young 22 year old kid tell me, Hey, don't stand there. You know, all the actors got to stand over here. And, and oh, then you know, the, the executive producer and the, and the guy who owned the company were like, Phil, come over here with us. And then the guy was like, Oh, sorry, sir. You know, well, it, Phil, like, that's if you do extra work, you can't eat the food. Exactly. Like, exactly. I would never do extra price. work just because of that, you know? Yeah. 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 <laughs> and, and listen, being in our position, we're retired from the job. We did all of these things to now, now it's like going back to square one at 21 years old, like when I got on the job and, and I just couldn't do that. You know, I'm, I mean, it was obviously a possibility I could have did some work and made some money off it. But uh, it just, you know, I, I always told people like I was telling the guy, uh, 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 Willie DeMayo that we had on that's filming the series Graves. And he offered me a part to, you know, do a walkout, play an FBI agent. I said, Billy, listen, unless it's a major thing, you know, I don't want to be an extra. And I thanked him for it. It was very nice of him to even offer it to me. But there's a lot of grunt to it and you know at this stage of my life and and bill you were just basically saying the same thing to go through that hustle and bustle and, and kiss ass it's really you know it's it's just it's not happening you know? yeah we're, we're gonna take a quick break phil you ready for your commercial yep. read sure Ooh. Joe Murray, attorney at law. Have you found yourself in a jam? Are you in need of legal counsel in the New York area? Ooh. Need a victim's <laughs> advocate. Well, Joe Murray is your man. He's not only an experienced trial attorney, he's also a retired 15-year member of the NYPD. He literally knows both sides of the fence. His website is jmurray-law.com. His telephone number is 646-838-1702. Or you could reach Joe at his email at joe at jmurray-law.com. You know, why we're doing a little uh, shout-outs, Chrissy, this is the your album cover. And, yeah. Um, tell, us, tell us about it. So this album cover, I I was like, uh, I was like, I wanted to do, you know, my my album is about, it's almost about half, like probably twenty minutes of material about January six, and the rest of it is material from like the last ten years of doing stand up. And I was at January six, and I, you know, I got into some trouble when I got on, when I was on the Megyn Kelly podcast. I said, oh, it was pretty chill, you know, like from my perspective, because the side of the building I was on is pretty freaking chill. It's just families, flags, people singing praying like you know it's not at all it was mostly not like what you saw on the media you know maybe a few people on one side of a building at one point experienced that but like for most people and there was up to two million of us there we didn't experience that uh and it was it it is very similar to a lot of these like 
the trucker convoys that the videos that we see where just people are coming together and they're patriots and they care about their country. So I wanted when I decided that I would do the album like January 6th themed, I was like, I really want cover art that shows like a like like overly wholesome, overly fun. Like everyone's having a great time. It's colorful. Like we got a little bit of the Antifa there on the right side. <laughs> Uh, you know, just a little like it's like a where's ball though. And then in this group of people are actually a couple of my friends who were also there that day, um, like covering the events as well, like I was. So, and then Bryson Gray is also actually, uh, I had him drawn in there and he's like a big MAGA rapper. Uh, he had like his Let's Go Brandon song, I think was like it might, it was number one for like a, a long time, but he's just doing great. And yeah, I wanted it to be like very wholesome looking and like the opposite of, of how the media depicts the day. One of the things I, I, I totally, um, I, I'm against, of course, which most people have what happened on January 6th. I found it to be horrendous that people went in there and they, I don't believe it was an insurrection. I just think it was a lot of people that wanted to prove a point, but I think the other side, the Democrats are missing the point that a police station in Portland was attacked a hundred nights in a row. They were shooting rockets at it. They were putting chains on the doors, setting it on fire. They let Antifa and Black Lives Matter do billions of dollars worth of damage. In the riots, 40 people died. And we're supposed to say January 6th was 9-11? They're out of their mind. These Billy, people are out of their mind. Bill, I, I got to point out something, and I'm glad you brought it up. I think, listen, there was a bunch of knuckleheads that were in that crowd. And then there was some professional agitators that were egging people on. And they and, know exactly how to egg people on. Yeah. yeah and, and there's rumor that there were uh, FBI informants present that were also egging people on and different things like that. But I'm not going to get into that. The thing I want to get into is this. For a good three months of the summer previous to uh January 6th, whatever you want to call it, the insurrection, whatever. There was riots going on and there was zero accountability. People were being arrested at these uh, protests and riots and they were being let out a couple hours later. People watched this. We were glued to the, to the news media. They saw this and they saw, wow, you can get away with this. You can do this. Why not go into the uh, Capitol? And I think that's really what sparked a lot of the people to take that step and go through the doors. Now, listen, there were definitely knuckleheads there. When you start breaking windows and you start attacking police officers, that's off limits. I'm sorry. You need to be arrested and you need to be held accountable. But I think a lot of the people that just walked through the doors after those doors were opened and some of the video shows that the officers basically escorted them in, those people should not be put in the same category as the guy who broke the door or was throwing tear gas or whatever they were doing, you know, the, the real agitators of January 6th. And again, I think the mindset was people probably wouldn't have done it if they didn't see what they saw for the last uh, year or six months, whatever it was, where these riots were going on after George Floyd and nothing no one was being held accountable. They were allowed to loot. They were allowed to pillage, burn buildings. And like you said, the federal building was attacked for, I don't know how many days in a row. No, the, the, uh, the police station, night. the police station in Portland was attacked a hundred nights in a row. Okay. Th and that was, that was the police station. There was also a federal building that was also yes. attacked. And, and th the police weren't doing anything about it. And they actually were going to give the police station up to the rioters at one point. That's Thank unbelievable. God they didn't. They, I mean, just so many things. So my point is the mindset was, well, you can get away with it because it's been happening. So now we want to voice our opinion. And, and I think that's why they 
you know, violated the grounds of the Capitol and may have gone inside. And again, they're going to figure this out one day and they're going to see that there was, they, they have a guy on tape who was actually telling people, come on the day before we got to go in, we're going into the Capitol and he hasn't been arrested. They know his name. They know. Oh, his Ray Epps. Yep. Ray Epps. Yes, yeah. exactly. So I, I'm glad you brought that up. So you're obviously on top of that. You know, my favorite news report of all time on the riots was CNN saying, they're oh, mostly yeah. peaceful, and behind them was like the biggest a fire, raging, I've ever, fire. A raging yeah. fire. And they're saying it's mostly peaceful. I was just like, oh, this is actually oh, hilarious. And, and we also listened to our politicians like Pelosi and AOC, and God, like Maxine, was it Walters or Waters? Waters, like, Maxine like Waters, Waters. Yeah, they're all saying that protests are not supposed to be peaceful. That you're supposed to make your voice heard. They're supposed to make people uncomfortable. Like that, it basically like glorifying everything, all the damage that BLM had done. All these people are getting bailed out of jail, zero consequence, and then you know, a fraction of that happens on January 6th and everyone gets, you know, p hundreds of people get thrown in jail. You get labeled an insurrectionist. People get fired from their jobs. Um, and they put, a, they put a fence and they put a fence around the Capitol for what? Six months. Well, yeah, part of that was because they were like, I, I don't know. They were probably worried. They're like, Oh, people know this is an illegitimate government. Like they're going to be pissed. <laughs> Unbelievable. You know, that Maxine Waters, she was the one during the Trump administration that she was egging people on. If you see somebody from the cabinet, you get in their face. Yeah. Everybody Fuck forgot about that. You know, she and it happened to some of the people, uh, the the uh, the the spokesperson. I can't the press secretary for Trump. Huck, uh, they yeah, kicked her out of a restaurant. Huck, yeah. yeah Huck, Huckabee's daughter. They were forced out of a restaurant. I mean, it was just uh, Sarah Sanders Huckabee, I believe is her name. Mm -hmm. And they were forced out of a restaurant. And several of them have been, uh, you know, people got in their faces, went to their houses, did, uh, you know, destruction of property in front of their houses and stuff. They forgot about that very conveniently before January 6th. And now they don't want to talk about it. But and again, listen, I'm not for anybody throwing a rock during a protest. Then you, you're not a, a protester anymore. You're a rioter. You break a bottle, you throw a, a rock or you start a fire. You're now a rioter and you need to be arrested. That's just the fact. And, and, but again, uh, Chrissy is saying how she was there and she didn't see any of that. She was in an area where there were people just voicing their opinion and having a piece. She was, protest. she was in the Kumbaya area where oh, yeah, it was, was uh, cool. <laughs> they were holding hands. Mostly peaceful section. Yeah. yeah did, did you get uh, contacted by the FBI or anything like no, that? No, but my girlfriend who was with me did. And she just, she's smart. She knew her rights. She opened the door with her gun on her hip. She didn't say anything. She didn't let him in. She was like, no, thanks. Bye. Um, so and she lives. Of I think they, what they did is they took all cell phone records from the area, and they were systematically going through those and and paying visits to people, and probably not in a very uh, aggressive way, but they were knocking on the door. Were you there? And we want to talk to you about it. And your girlfriend probably did the right thing by slamming the door in their face. Yeah, well, and they, I, I'd they, them. I'd be like, you know what? Come to a show. I'll give you free tickets. I'll get you a drink. <laughs> like any. Anybody, even currently, anybody listening to this, any feds, you know, I, I welcome you. I'll get you a beer. Let's hang out. They'll they want they'll only come in if they get uh, they get in for free. That's for sure. You know. <laughs> yeah. You know, Chris, I just want to. Go ahead. I want to steer it towards. Um, we we want to talk a little bit about crime since that's what our show is about the real crime stories, and. You know, the, the the thing with New York City is in the last eight years, we probably had the biggest buffoon of a mayor in the history of the United States. And what he did to New York City in eight years is something that you'd almost have to try to do. 
He was handed a city with a surplus budget. He was handed a city with the lowest crime rates of a major city in the world. And he turned he turned it into a shithole in eight years. Any thoughts on that? You're talking about de Blasio? Yeah. Oh, oh God. You know what? Really, it was a moment for me just watching him. I think it was when we were ringing in 2021 and watching de Blasio just like dancing in an empty, a totally empty Times Square with his wife. I just was like, man, this guy's really out of touch. And just from talking to Larry Sharp, who I think is actually running for, um, I think he's running for governor of New York. And I think, I think. Like right now, he 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 just announced his candidacy, but he was telling me like, yeah, De Blasio like fully believes in everything he does. He truly like, I don't know if he's like uh, being puppeteered by the globalists or what, or if he gets some sort of extra credit for for the things he does to bring down the city. But I'm like, there's no way this guy is like, like you know, doing this out of the goodness of his heart. Like it's just there must be some malicious you know uh like reason for for how he's been running the city it's just been like disaster after disaster like so tone deaf yeah it's it's pretty it's pretty amazing and you know the the thing now is that uh this new governor hockle who was appointed after cuomo was uh stepped down when they mentioned to her you got to do something about bail reform she's like she's like jen saki when she doesn't want to answer a, a question mm-hmm. she wants no part of that you know, oh, and then you you have a Manhattan DA who received a million dollars from George Soros uh, for his campaign. So there is a lot of there's a plan. They have a master plan. Yeah. And finally, the other side is pushing back. Finally, you young comics, there's no free rides. All right. There's no comprehensive health care. There's no comprehensive anything unless you get a comprehensive job. No free lattes unless that's you work. right. So your Starbucks job, you'd be working it for 20 years. <laughs> well, well, New York City is in a really unique spot because like everyone who could afford to and could move out did move out over the last few years. And what you're left with now is people who for job reason or family reason are taking care of an elderly parent. They don't want to pull their kids out of school. They cannot leave the city. And it's almost like, yeah, we're coming out of two years of telling people what to do and them largely listening and still listening like 95% of people walking around the streets, of New York city, still wearing one mask, double mask for no reason. So it's like, you're left with a group of people that are so obedient. I think the powers that be are like, Ooh, what else can we get them to do? Like what, <laughs> what else can we get going in Take this shovel? <laughs> yeah. Oh, we're going to have like, we're not going to have cars on certain streets. What else can we do? Um, yeah. Back, you know back what I think cars. woke everybody up though, was this latest Omicron vi- variant. Now we had already been a year and a half, almost close to two years into the pandemic. And I don't give a shit what you did. Christmas time, everybody I knew got it or, 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 or had it since then. And it's just unbelievable. You could wear two masks, be uh, vaccinated. Uh, you still got it. So I think that might've turned the page a little bit and woke people up. And, and uh, you know, the, the mask thing is, I, I think it's just ridiculous at this point, you know, maybe in, in close quarters or something like that. But uh, they say that the, 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 the virus itself is so small, the particles that the mask does absolutely nothing when you, uh, no. when you breathe yeah. in. So it, it only had said to- that out the gate. Out the gate, he said the masks really don't do anything, and then he had to backpedal because, because, and, and then he didn't want regular people taking them away from, uh, like 
surgeons and I don't know, all the first responder type people. But then honestly, they kept the mass thing going because it's just it's a form of control. It's it's honestly technically an immune system suppressant. It's it's not doing any good. And we've all heard the horror stories and what it does to kids when they're the group that's the least at risk. It's it's really just like kind of child abuse at this point. Um, it is wild. Just people have not got message. And, and when you have people who are already like germaphobic or like they just need to control, you know, all the Karens we've been seeing the people having meltdowns in stores, the Karens, the viral videos, like these are all people who like had these kind of issues already. And the, and the pandemic like really brought out the worst in a lot of people. It kind of was like make or break for a lot of people, for a lot of relationships. Uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a really, a lot of people did not stand the, the 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 test of time here no that's for sure you know if karen's if you put karen's in youtube you'll laugh your ass off there's a lot of funny karen videos on there mm -hmm. absolutely you know you know chrissy uh i don't want to keep you here more than an hour we're coming up on an hour i just want to let everyone know uh at the bottom of the screen that's chrissy's website www.chrissymayer.com you can go on there and find out where she's performing next it lists all her radio shows or podcasts uh, please go on her podcast. It's really funny. Uh, I feel like we could talk for a couple of more hours, but I know she's the hardest working comic podcaster, Aww. former diver. Uh, <laughs> she, she, she's doing it all. And I don't want to keep you long, here longer than an hour. Oh, and, thanks, uh, Bill. and I don't have an OnlyFans, so stop asking. <laughs> <laughs> Phil, final words. Yeah. Final words. Chrissy, it was so great to meet you on the podcast tonight. Thank you for coming on. I think that uh, a lot of what you said was common sense stuff, and I, and I agree with it. You know, we got to just use our heads here. This is not uh, difficult, it's uncharted territory. Uh, this cancel culture stuff. We talked about Joe Rogan. Um, you know, some of it is really just absurd that they accused him of uh, lying and making up stuff and it just wasn't true and they're canceling doctors and everything. We need to, everybody got to take a step back and take a deep breath and start thinking about freedom of speech. That's what this country is built on. And uh, that's it. Uh, thank you very much again for coming on. Thanks for having Good. me, guys. Chrissy, final words. You get to uh, oh. you get to read the Declaration of Independence. Final words. I mean, if you have an extra set of handcuffs you want to mail me, I won't turn <laughs> them down. <laughs> That's your final words. That was brilliant. We love, we love that. So, guys, this is Police Off the Cuff. I hope you guys had fun. We certainly had fun with Chrissy Mayer. Chrissy, I wish you all the best of luck. You're one of the hardest working people oh. I know, and you're one of the nicest people in the comedy business. Thanks. And if I... If I come back again, I'd love to be on a show with you. Of but course, uh, you by that want. time, you by that okay. time you may have blown up so much, yeah, you'll be like, "Cannon, get him out of here!" Cool. I won't answer your texts. Yeah. That's right. You you may do that. All right, guys, this is police off the cuff, real crime stories. Thanks for listening. Have a great night. Stay safe, everybody. One episode, just